Why are our wounds keeping us stuck? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. Super important, very relative question. And it'll be really rad to walk you guys through that today. But before we do that, we're going to read a review. If you haven't yet, pop over to iTunes, leave us a review, rate us. We'd love to hear from you. And it might be your review that we read on the next episode. So this one is titled Brand New Listener, and I'm impressed. It says, I just found this podcast and have listened to my first three episodes. I'm reeling from the episode of of, um, the episode about my spouse and how he has an unhealthy relationship with his family. I feel so seen and validated because... I have the worst relationship with my mother-in-law because of her enmeshment with my husband, her own mental illness, and my own betrayal trauma and postpartum recoveries. No wonder we couldn't get along. I feel like this podcast will help me along even further in healing the rift in my marriage because it's been an 11-plus year journey for me and my husband, and I just want it to be good. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. And I say that not as like, good luck. No, I say that as like, good luck. We wish you the best. We hope the yeah, best. You're and the glad right that place. you're seeing, um, glad that you're just, this is opening your eyes. Can I just point out something? I hope everyone can hear. She's a brand new listener and she didn't go to episode one. You don't have to. You can go to any episode that you want. There is no rhyme or reason except for the few that we have a series on. So start wherever it feels right for you. So yeah. it might be today. Yes, yeah, and I, I will. Um, when I do intakes, I meet with people. I'll refer to specific episodes for specific things too. So um, you might scroll down our list and be like, "Wow, enmeshed mothers!" Like we're dealing with that. We're going there, or what, whatever it is. So, um, all right, we, you guys, we have an awesome guest here with us today. Um, I'm going to read his little bio. Um, it's a little weird for me because I know him personally. He's a good friend of mine, and. Um, I've kind of seen, seen him progress through a lot of things. So, um, but, but let me read how awesome he is here. So Cameron Brown is a licensed clinical mental health counselor with nine years of experience, uh, practicing therapy. He has a passion for helping people recover from trauma and believes that unresolved trauma is at the root of many mental health issues. His passion for treating trauma has led him to become trained in several trauma focused therapies. He is trained in neurofeedback. EMDR and has advanced training in accelerated resolution therapy. Cameron currently has a private practice in Linden, Utah, and his free time, um, in his free time, he enjoys sports, movies, music, and outdoors um, activities, including hiking, boating, golfing, fishing, and uh, racing pigeons. 
He enjoys spending time That's with his cool. wife of 12 years and his three kids. Wait, pigeons. That's rad. <laughs> We I did an episode th- just th- on that. I kind of threw that one in there. He, okay. didn't, he didn't have oh. that in there, but I threw it in there for it. But that's yeah. true. Yeah. His- um, that was in my childhood. My dad had homing pigeons. Oh. Uh, it's not something that I currently do myself, though. It's a, that's an old <laughs> joke between me and Brandon. We, we used to laugh like, like he'd be like, yeah, my dad had like, I don't know the name of the pigeon, like Scout's cousin. <laughs> like, this really fast pigeon's cousin. Like, I was like, wow, that's impressive, I guess. Um, I found that's out so Mike, cool. Mike Tyson raises pigeons, of oh, all no. people. Isn't that random? Okay, I'm getting off the topic. <laughs> Let's get back to trauma. That's awesome. Um, now, so, so guys, I just wanted to interject, I guess, with, with the title of this and, and just help you guys remember that um, wounds – can be all types. They can be all measures of wounds. They can be really small wounds when we were kids. They can be big wounds um, as teenagers um, in our relationships from our, our family of origin to our, you know, the partners that we have currently, all kinds of things. We can receive them and we can give them of all oh, yep. shapes and sizes. <laughs> and um, some of them though are, have more impact than others. And, um, you know, Cameron, we're just really, really thrilled to have you with us because the truth is, is that Ashlyn and I both have had some dramatic, um, shifts and, and, and Cameron, you know, this, we've had some dramatic shifts, um, individually and as a couple because of our work with you doing ART. Now, Amy is our original therapist, but you've in, in the, in COVID, right. Since COVID started, um, you've been, you've been doing, um, ART with both of us specifically to help again, get the wounds that we have squared away so that they don't keep us stuck. And how in the world, I mean, how did, how did you kind of zero in on this? on this specific part of treatment for, for clients. Cause this is pretty, this is pretty unique to kind of double down on all these efforts to heal wounds like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I first kind of entered the recovery, betrayal trauma world five years ago, um, I found trauma was really tricky to treat. Um, I was really good at listening, showing compassion, validating the trauma. Um, And that's helpful, but I found that that didn't necessarily heal the trauma or um, desensitize like trauma triggers. And so Mm. when I heard about other types of therapies that helped to do that, I was really curious about it. Well, Cameron, so how would you, we talk about trauma. I just want to back up a a little bit for our audience and how would, how do you define trauma? What, what is trauma? That's a good question. Um, I think trauma are any past experiences that keep us stuck in the present or past experiences that tend to play themselves out in the present. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah. I've heard that it, with a lot of women, like um, movies that play in our head. Um, when we're triggered, it goes to that movie. So that's mm-hmm. a great, a great example. So like what Kobe was saying, um, you know, a, a little event that happens in my life th- that I interpret it big, right? Like it, 
I latch on to it. Let's say my dad called me stupid or something. Um, that could be a big trauma for me. Yeah. Um, but there's also, there's, there's different types of trauma, right? That's, right. that's, that could be huge for me, but getting in a massive car accident where somebody dies, mm-hmm. that's, that's trauma as well. They're, they're both yeah. just an experience, right? Right. Yeah. One of those is more like diagnosable PTSD um, because you were, you know, your life was threatened, but all of us go through, we call them little T's. Um, we go through a lot of little, well, they're not little, but we kind of think they are little experiences that actually have a really big negative emotional impact on us. And a lot of times as adults, we'll look back at those experiences and we'll kind of downplay them and say like, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. You know, I shouldn't be this bothered by it. But if you think about how younger you experienced that, it could have had a very, you know, very negative emotional impact on you. And, and that can show up even as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, that really hits home with me because I mean, you know, you guys, all of you know, this, you know, the, the four of you know, this, that, um, I have issues from my childhood that I'm working on right now. And some of those were instances, um, of, I mean, as, as small as my mom, when I said I had a, um, a bad dream and I'm yelling from across the hall in my room to my mom's room, which is, a, which is again, across the hall, mom, I need you. I'm having a nightmare, you know, after, you know, half hour after I go to bed and from across the hall, I hear this, shut up, go to bed. <laughs> and, and my mom is just like spent and exhausted. And yeah, I've, of I've never done is. that to my kids. Never. <laughs> None never. Of us have. I just go lay by them and sit <laughs> them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I kneel down by their bedside. And so, yeah. So, so to me, that one was really, was really hard. And I had, and, and I didn't know how much of an impact that experience had on me and feeling abandoned by my mom. Like I wasn't important enough. Like I was unlovable. Um, I felt um, like I was just anxious. And I mean, this certainly, this certainly played on my anxious attachment. I was always worried, like, does she love me? Does my mom not love me? Is she there for me? Is she not there for me? And that played a role in our relationship. Ashlyn's totally laughing right now. She's restrained (laughs) in her laugh, but that totally played a role because then I began to project on, onto the, the woman in my life. Now, Ashlyn, the things that I felt from that wound that I had with my mom. And, and, and those are, it feels very real, but the, the kind of the crazy part about it was, is when I was in the midst of all that, I didn't realize that I was stuck. Just like you said, Cameron, I was that, you know, eight-year-old kid who was just, who felt abandoned. And I didn't realize that my mind now as an adult was acting like that eight-year-old mind then when I, I felt abandoned. Is that hard for people in your, in your guys' experience? Is that hard for people to really accept the fact that, that those little imperceivable you know, wounds, if you will, or those small little circumstances really do have impact? Is that hard to help people connect the dots that, oh, you're acting this way because of this? Oh, so you mean if I heal this, then I won't have this behavior? Mm-hmm. Is that hard, Cameron? Um, it's not hard, but a lot of times people just aren't aware. 
because so much of this is an unconscious kind of a subconscious or unconscious process our our traumas kind of run the show behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and so until we are aware of them and kind of bring them to the surface and really look at it and resolve them a lot of times we don't understand why we're so emotionally reactive in certain kinds of situations yeah so i think that's interesting because um as we stepped into this ART accelerated resolution therapy with you, Cameron, I started um, just observing my behaviors and observing my thoughts and patterns. And I started making a list and it's in my phone as a, like a bullet point list uh, for ART. And it's my ART narratives that I can go to Cameron when I'm feeling like, okay, this is what I want to work on. One, whether it's this old, like, the narrative I worked on two weeks ago was, um, I don't feel chosen and it didn't start with Kobe. It started before Kobe. And so when I go in and I say, I'm, I'm tired of this, I see it. And it, for me, it was the something that was, it was right in front of my face the entire time, but I only started seeing that like really strong within the last month. And it was, it was really, it kind of spun me out. It was heavy that like, how did I not see this thing that's right here that Kobe, I'm sure saw, I'm sure everyone around me saw, and I didn't. Um, and it's like what you said, as we got in there and started talking, it's this, um, oh my gosh, like it is within, it, it's all right here. And I see why, and it makes sense. And I'm starting to connect the dots. Um, I know when I leave your uh, office, I often, I always journal what I worked on and some of the takeaways and solutions that I found. And I'm always grateful. I'm grateful because it's like devoted one hour time for me to just be very intentional with this one pro like little trauma or little belief that's really affecting me that I'm not taking the time to do on my own necessarily. I need that. Like I need Cameron to bounce off ideas and maybe solutions. Well, my, I guess my brain comes up with the solution, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but you kind of help me walk me through that. And and that's what I like about the therapy is, you know, the brain knows how to heal itself. And it's actually a pretty easy therapy to do as a therapist, because we're letting your brain do the work and we're kind of getting out of the way. And um, so that's what I like about it. Uh, I want to kind of piggyback off off that comment, Cameron. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a very similar experience to you in people come in. And when I first started, I would do basic talk therapy with them or cognitive behavioral therapy. And, and we just kind of process their feelings and give them a few tools and stuff. Um, and I, and I realized after a while that we weren't healing the, the root or the core of, of things. We, we could talk about their fears. We could, uh, you know, talk about their ex- life experiences, but it wasn't really healing. And, um, then I got trained in EMDR and it shifted everything for me. I think we did the second weekend together, if I remember right. We did. Um, of EMDR. But, but I'd like to kind of dig into these modalities. I mean, anywhere from neurofeedback to EMDR to ART. Um, uh, EMDR is big with um, getting the therapist out of the way, getting the mm-hmm. ego and the mind out of the way. And I believe letting the, the heart and the soul um, heal um, that's already within you. Um, but if, if you could just speak a little bit about what, you know, how does neurofeedback, how does ART, how does EMDR um, facilitate that process of, 
of letting the the soul heal itself yeah yeah um it, it's it's kind of a, a little bit of a weird therapy the the emdr and the art um, those are both therapies where we use eye movements to help the brain process through things there's something about eye movements that help the brain to work through emotions to make new connections to learn new information and to help you kind of get unstuck. And so with EMDR and, and ART, the, the client will be thinking about, about a problem or be thinking about a traumatic experience while doing eye movements. And there is something about it. We don't know exactly why the eye movements facilitate that, but there's something about it that can lead to drastic changes very quickly. Yeah, and this is backed by research. I mean, the, the yeah. outcomes of, of this type of therapy is backed by research that says that it works. So even if Cameron's saying, we don't know exactly why, I have my theory, and I'll tell you my theory. Um, they say it's bilateral stimulation. So it's that you're, that you're um, engaging both sides of the brain. Mm-hmm. Which, so which I feel when I'm doing it. Right. Like right brain, left brain. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> yes, it's kind of tiring. Um, and I do think it's that I think it's bilateral stimulation, but I also think that it's just enough distraction Mm. to keep you present and mindful. I know that sounds like a total oxymoron, but like if, if a therapist is waving their hands in front of your face, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm focusing on Mm -hmm. this thing in this room right now, even though I'm diving deep into my trauma at the same time. What, what do you think, Cameron? I like that. Yeah. And, and it, it can kind of create the space for you to heal because during the trauma, you probably weren't very present. Your mind was so hijacked by the intensity of the situation. And so having a, being in a therapist's office and in a more controlled environment where you can be more present it allows you to access that memory in a safer way so that you can bring it to a resolution. Yeah. And Cameron, you, you used to, for years you've done multiple um, modalities as has been talked about. And you started as far as like in patient, like in the clinic in the office with patients, you started with EMDR and then you've transitioned to, to ART as a primary modality, although you probably still use EMDR in some, in some fashion, in some form. So help us understand the distinction okay. between yeah. the two and what you're observing is the effect on the yeah. client. Yeah, I, I really like both of the modalities. Um, I got trained in EMDR about four, four and a half years ago and um, just absolutely loved it because I finally had an answer for how do I help people with trauma? And it's invaluable for that. Um, and I think my training in EMDR kind of led me into being more prepared for the accelerated resolution therapy. Um, they're very similar. Um, the, the founder of, of ART, um, she was actually originally trained in EMDR herself. Her name's Lazy, uh, Lainey Rosenzweig. And um, she she was doing EMDR with clients and seeing good things, but she started to kind of use her own creativity and started breaking off 
from the EMDR, EMDR protocol a little bit and started doing some other things with it that she found to be extremely effective and seemed to help a little bit quicker. And so she went to her supervisor, her EMDR supervisor, and kind of told her what she was doing. And the supervisor said that that's not EMDR. And so you either need to do it, you know, our protocol way or break off and do your own thing. And that's how accelerated resolution therapy came to be. Um, I don't want to pit them against each other, like one's really good and the other one's not, because I think they're both very valuable and, and I use both of them and I owe a lot to EMDR. It kind of helped me to get into the ART realm. Okay. And um, we've done all, we've done all of it. We've done the neurofeedback, the EMDR and the ART. We have our favorites, um, but they've all helped in their own different ways. So how do, I mean, if you're listening to this, you have access to all of these things, how in the world do you pick or do you let someone help you? Like based on what you're looking for, this is what you need. Brandon, what do you think on that one? Um, yeah, I think you got to <laughs> rely on, I, I would go to somebody who's really well-trained. Um, you know, someone like Cameron's awesome because He's trained. I mean, he's just been trained like crazy since he graduated school. Um, and, but, but, you know, a therapist might act like they're trained. They, re they recommend something and it might not be what you need. And so pull back and, and be honest with yourself and say, that's really not working for me. Okay. Um, one thing about, uh, Ashton and Kobe, uh, I was talking to Kobe this weekend about hypnotherapy uh, yeah, he's doing are, that. <laughs> yeah, you guys are always open to to growth and discovery and finding answers. Like you believe there's answers, and mm -hmm. um, and I think Cameron's trained that way. Obviously, he's searching for answers to to be the provider. Um, so just keep searching, and and you'll find what really starts to work. I, I, my understanding and my my experience with ART um, and and with EMDR. When, you know, people go to therapy and they go to therapy and they go to therapy, then they go do like EMDR or ART and they're like, oh my gosh, like actual results. Yes. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, why didn't I do this before? So guys, can you give us some examples of, uh, of course they would be anonymous stories, but can you give us some examples of, of the types of shifts that you, that, that you see? I mean, Cameron, specifically from, from ART, um, what kind of shifts have you observed people um, making, um, in their personal life, in their own recovery, um, with ART. Yeah. Um, probably one of my, my favorite experiences with it was I was working with a, a woman that had severe trauma from an abusive relationship for many years and she was now divorced, but she was still plagued by fear and worry and negative emotional reactions. And um, so with, with ART, uh, the client sees a scene in their mind that represents the problem. And so okay. they'll pick maybe an earliest memory of when the problem started or a most intense memory. And they'll, they'll follow my hand while they're seeing the memory. And we have them see their scene. And um, this particular client, she saw her scene twice, took about 10 minutes, and she started looking at me really weird. 
and she's like what did you just do to me what just happened <laughs> it is weird and she's like i do not feel any stress i don't mm. feel any of the trauma effects that i felt before we did this and she was like looking around the room she was like so confused and i was like that's yeah it's pretty powerful therapy how quickly it can help you resolve things and i'm like that's why it's called accelerated resolution therapy and she's like well i didn't think accelerated meant 10 minutes <laughs> and you know not not that's not always the case it doesn't always work that fast but right. That just kind of shows the power of you know that these kinds of therapies can have. Uh, I, I want to ask a question. I want to answer Kobe's question and then lead it into a question for you, Cameron. Um, so I, a, a woman came in uh, years ago with me and and said, "Look, my husband is doing so well in his recovery. Like he's just he's awesome. He's and and he has been for for years. So." He's trustworthy. He's just really on top of it. All the things, building trust. Yet she did not want to engage sexually with him. Was just scared to be vulnerable. Scared to be vulnerable. And, and so I said, let's do some EMDR around it. And so we did about four or five sessions maybe. Um, and then I didn't see her for like four months. And then she came back and she's like, we have been having amazing sex. Like, it's awesome. Like, this is incredible. Um, and, and so she desensitized the trauma. And what do you know? The vulnerability came back. Um, my question for you, Cameron, is uh, specifically with betrayal trauma, um, do you uh, use these modalities? Now, I got to say, I'm not trained in ART. I don't know much about it. So that's why I'm not speaking to it that much today. But whether it's ART, EMDR, do you use these modalities um, for, specifically for betrayal trauma? Absolutely, yeah. Um, in that instance, in the example that you just used, the, the, the brain perceives a threat. And logically, you may know that you're safe now, but the part, the part of your brain that perceives a threat, the deeper part of the brain, um, won't let you totally relax and feel safe until it knows that things are resolved. Yeah. And that's the power of these kinds of therapies is they work more with that part, um, the unconscious part, to help the brain see that I'm safe now. I can relax. I don't have to be on high alert mm. all the time. Um, vigilance keeps you safe, but trauma creates hypervigilance where okay, it's hard so, to, to relax and, and, and you're perceiving threats where there aren't necessarily threats anymore. Mm -hmm. So hypervigilance is like a, it sounds like a term that if you drill down below the term triggered, I feel triggered. Mm -hmm. That it is, is it fair to say that hyper, that, that there's vigilance and then below that is hypervigilance? Did I, did I hear you correctly, Cameron? Uh, say that again. So if, if I feel triggered because Ashlyn says, um, you know, don't buy that gift for the girls. This actually happened yesterday. It's interesting. <laughs> I, 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 I think I had three strikes and I was out as far as stocking stuffers for the girls. And, and afterwards I just said, Hey, um, I, I have this issue. And the issue is, is you're, it feels like you're trying to just kibosh my, my efforts. Um, oh, man. 
I don't even remember what my question was. What was my question? I have no idea. We worked it oh, out. We had a really oh, good conversation. It was, it was, it was a long conversation, but it was like, I was triggered, but below that is a little bit of vigilance based upon my past experience, but below the vigilance is hypervigilance, which really, which really amped me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really had a, a physical response from that. And yeah, like we walked the, out the store and I said, okay, what's going on? Like his energy immediate was just yeah. like, boom, mm-hmm. like it was, it was wonky, but thankfully I've been able to use my efforts in ART to pay attention to my physical cues. So I know when I'm, I'm triggered or in this quote unquote hypervigilant state where I'm really perceiving a threat when, in, when in truth you know what? Ashlyn had zero intention well, of trying to, <laughs> to, to trigger me. It was my well, stuff. So can you always trust your emotions? Are your emotions always based in reality? No, no. no. Are, your emotions aren't always based in reality. So I want to come back to my question about betrayal trauma and what you said, Cameron, because um, I, when I see people spinning in fear, and acting in hypervigilance, um, they are not at peace and they are not healing. Um, but I could see like, well, I don't want to go desensitize my trauma and my fear because then I'll just be, be you know, ripe for, for getting hurt again. Oh. And, and the, the reality is, is that's not what we're saying at all. We're saying go, like I'm a big believer, Cameron, in addressing the betrayal trauma early with these type of modalities early on so that a partner can act effectively and assertively to have healthy boundaries in a relationship and not be caught up in, in their emotional mind in this hypervigilance. Right. Right. Um, So like, yeah, go ahead. I wish I had started EMDR sooner. Um, and ART wasn't an option then. Um, but EMDR, absolutely. Same experience as Brandon mentioned, uh, that was the only way for me. Like I, I did my talk therapy. I got so far and then it was like, okay, now, now what I have already made these connections. I already know what some of my issues are, but, and I'm trying to do it on my own. So I had to step into when I was scared. Um, I don't know really what the scared was. If it was what you mentioned of like, I don't want to let that go. But I think for me, it was reliving the trauma. I didn't want to go and do that. And um, so I kind of pushed it off for a while until Amy was like, okay, Ashlyn, you've got to just, you have to step into this. I the be the Buffalo. Right. And when I did my, um, for me, EMDR, uh, I had the, my most spiritual moments ever in my life was in EMDR where I just felt like Christ right next to me. He was my best friend helping me through this. I could, you know, tell my younger self that I am okay. And it was just, you know, of course I journaled it, which, so I have those memories, but so powerful. Um, so if you're, if you're afraid, for whatever reason, you're normal. Um, I know Kobe, you've been afraid to go and do trauma work as well. Totally. Like, do I want to open up this? Am this I can? ready? <laughs> yes. For this can of worms because and of what it will actually mean for me. I've told Cameron, I come in and it's like, 
okay, I know I want to work on this, but I also know that when I choose to work on something with you on a Wednesday by Friday, I have a test <laughs> like the world, the universe sends me this, this like exact thing to make me see if I can actually do the work, um, and use the skills yep. and solutions I found, you know, in, in with Cameron, sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't, sometimes I mess up and I have to go back. So I do want to say that with, um, any of these modalities that we're talking about, they've been so powerful and life-changing for Kobe and I. And so when we've talked about them with people, they're like, Oh my gosh, I want to do those things. Like, that sounds amazing. I want to feel like that. And they go and do it. And they're like, Oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. You didn't tell us how hard it would be or that it would dig up all this other stuff. Um, or that it was, uh, well, our friend had an experience where it was like a magic pill. She said, where, she'd been doing, uh, she'd been doing talk therapy and EMDR for a year and a half. She started doing ART and it was like everything shifted for her. It was just quicker. It got to the point, it found the roots and it just went to work and she felt great for about a week and a half and was so excited. And then she started to, to die down again. Um, so she's continuing to do the work, but, and was so excited, but none of it is a magic pill. Like it's still, it still makes us have to step into the work to be that self-reflective and to take ownership. It's all the things, right? It still takes practice. And I think that's really cool, Ashlyn, that the universe kind of lets you <laughs> apply what I hate you've it. learned <laughs> in, in, in real life. Uh, it kind of helps to reinforce the work that you're doing and kind of cement it in place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there isn't a magic pill out there, but these types of therapies can really help you get unstuck and then allow you to do your own work much more freely. And, and so. Now, Cameron, I, I want to ask you, in my experience, I've, I've done a lot of EMDR and um, it, you know, coming back to what Ashton was saying, there, there, it's not a magic pill. I've done a lot of EMDR that's frustrating, that gets nowhere. It's like beating your head against a wall. And um, from, from my experience, and, and you can tell me with your experience, when a client comes in, uh, I, I would say that what they have is kind of this openness and this faith and this surrender to the process. I'm going to let go. I'm going to take this risk and I'm going to allow the process to take place. And, and it can get pretty weird. Things can come up in, in trauma work like, random things like pink bunnies and whatever, right? That, but what does it mean? Your, your soul's doing some work. If you, if you like, for example, I've had people come in and they've, they're really religious and they're in their EMDR wanting to give the right answer. Let me give the right answer. Over. And we get nowhere. We get nowhere because they're still caught up in their head and they need to let go. They need to let, just let go and just allow the process of healing to take place. Is that, has that been your experience as well? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily a, a conscious, super cognitive process. You kind of have to let go and let your brain heal itself. Yeah. You kind of have to get out of your own way a little bit mm -hmm. um, and just kind of be open to letting your brain experience what it needs to experience to heal. And but so that, take, you, that, that, that takes a level of unknown. It takes a level, level mm -hmm. of like, where is this going to take me? Like, wh yeah. where am I going to end up when I do all this work? And so mm -hmm. it's a little bit scary. Absolutely. Well, 
I remember going into my first EMDR and I told Amy, I don't know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm supposed to do. And I feel embarrassed. And I just spoke my shame. Like, I just don't know what I'm doing. And I think, I feel like you're going to be making fun of me or something while my eyes are closed. And she's like, okay, we'll figure out like, what do you want to do? And so I laid down on the couch instead of sitting up in front of her and I put a blanket over me and I just made myself comfortable. And it immediately I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, I don't care what you're doing. Like, this is your work and it's not you know, she was just helping me facilitate. Right. Love it. Um, when I met with Cameron for the first time, he's probably like, you're a crazy person, but I was like, I'm not here to talk. I'm here to work. <laughs> like you're not my therapist. Just do some EM or ART on me. Oh, and- that's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that awesome, Cameron? Cause then it, it is all the floof and all the distraction. It's just like, let's get down to it. You know? And that's what I like about it actually is it's more ART is more of a procedure than it is talk therapy. It's very scripted. Um, there's an objective. That's one of the differences between ART and EMDR. EMDR is more free association. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of go with that. And then they go with it. And then you go with that. So there's a lot of go with, go with that, which that's probably where sometimes you've been frustrated, Brandon, is sometimes <laughs> you'll go with that so much that you don't know where you're where you've ended up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And and I shared that frustration. So when I heard about ART, um, that kind of intrigued me. I was very skeptical at first because I'm like, is this just kind of like a cheap knockoff of EMDR? Um, I actually, when I heard about it, I was skeptical, but intrigued. And Mm -hmm. so I went and did a couple of sessions as the client because I wanted to see what it was. And that's kind of how I thought, okay, there's something to this. I like what it's doing. There's some things that's doing that EMDR doesn't that I like. And so I went and got trained in that. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. Um, can I ask, can't, well, I know the answer, but Cameron, you've mentioned you've done ART. I'm sure you did EMDR. I think you have to do both to be trained. Mm-hmm. Um, you did it to come on the podcast, right? I did. Yeah. This I is, love that. This is super out of my comfort zone. Um, I have a history of social anxiety disorder where being in front of groups of people or being in the spotlight is really scary for me. Um, And I've made a, I've done a lot of work with it over the years. It was really bad when I was a teenager, but it's gotten a lot better as I've worked on it. But coming on here was kind of nerve wracking for me. Um, And so I went and did a couple of ART sessions and I'm still nervous to be here, but I was able to show up. Yeah. You're doing it. That's a big deal. Um, So so Cameron, I think it's, I think it's also important for people to take away a very clear um, distinction from your experience on the differences between EMDR and ART and then and neuro. We didn't really talk about neuro. Yes. And, and then the second part of this question is um, what various things when we talk about little T's and big T's, what are some examples of some small things that people have done ART on effectively? So, because we might be stuck on, you know, I might be stuck because my mom didn't come in and, and, and sit next to me when I had a bad dream at eight years old. But I still might be really, really triggered by the way that, you know, my daughters argue, which, is, which really evokes an emotion for us. So I'm just trying to help our listeners understand what the range of function that ART has because honestly, a lot of people have suppressed 
trauma that they don't understand that they have, but it shows up consciously in their behavior. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I like about the therapy is many times we'll be working on a present day problem. But as we start to do the therapy, we realize that this present day problem has roots in a past childhood negative experience. And um, when we tap into the, the brain memory networks, a lot of times the brain will come up with the root of the problem on its own. And so many times we'll be working on a present day problem, um, but we'll find a past experience from childhood that's actually the root. And it's not always totally, you wouldn't think that it was totally related because it seems different. But once we clear up that earlier childhood memory, people start to feel much more comfortable with their present day problem. That's a big deal. That, that, that's a really big deal. And, and, and again, just, just real quick, a distinction that in your experience on, on the difference between EMDR and ART? Yes. Um, so EMDR desensitizes the problem. ART takes it another step to what we call positization. So there's part of the ART script where we have the client change the memory. Um, we have them be the director of the scene and they make changes to the memory. And what happens when we do that is we lose the negative symptoms that were associated with the memory because the memory is now stored in our system in a more positive way. And so okay. it's called voluntary image replacement. We erase certain images that stand out. Um, from the trauma or from the negative negative experience and put positive ones in, in its place, different things like that. Okay. I'm going to give an example because, um, I know with both, I think you check your body when you start. Um, but I have one back from a couple months ago, I came into camera, not necessarily with like something specific to work on, which is kind of common sometimes, but, um, I was having this tightness in my throat so I could feel my body reacting. My, it's sending me cues, but I don't know what's going on. So I come into Cameron and I say, there's, I've had this tightness in my throat for three weeks and it won't go away. So my throat chakra, right? And so I'm like, I've done all these like yoga things. I'm, I'm trying to like unblock it and do all this it's not working. So I take it to ART and um, we go through this, um, process. And I was able, you know, with Cameron's help to find that I was grieving this specific thing that I wasn't able to talk about. I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it. And I just felt so, um, stifled in my voice. Um, and it was stuck, it was stuck there. And it was really, really interesting because what I thought it was maybe coming from, it wasn't. And I was able to, um, come up with a vis visualization to, so my brain could make sense of all this thing. And, and I found a solution and was able to walk away going, okay. And guess what? I don't have that chakra issue anymore. And it was so, so powerful for so long that it was like, I couldn't drink enough water. I couldn't take a deep enough breath. It was just stuck. So sometimes it's like the weird stuff. And I go in with knowing like, this is weird, but I'm going to trust the process. And it's always worked out. Maybe it's not like here's, this was like a mind blowing experience, but I always see value in, at least I've made some connections today. 
or something makes more sense for me. Well, I, I think that um, anybody who's listening to this episode is um, I, my, our hope in, in doing this is to help people understand that whatever behavior that continues to repeat itself, that is unwanted is probably linked to some kind of trauma or a thread of trauma. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes uh, there's just behaviors that just, that, that, um, that just are, that are learned. Do you know what I mean? Brandon, did you have something? Well, yeah, I just, uh, and it comes off what you're saying, which is, and I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Um, if you're working with a therapist who is not treating your trauma or not trained in, you know, in a modality to treat trauma, um, or doesn't have a plan to treat trauma, mm. then they, they're insufficient. Um, they're a good friend that you're talking to. Uh, and and they're, they're taking your money and you're talking to them. Um, and, and I'm not saying that to rip on any therapists, but I am such a believer that we have to um, reconcile and desensitize. And in your trauma lies your faulty core beliefs, your spike narrative. Out from that comes your addictions. From that comes your, your relationship problems. All this stuff comes out of it. And so if you're not dealing with your trauma, it's not real therapy. You're, you're not really digging in there. And, and I know I'm going far with that, but that's no, how I feel. I, I feel like a little amen, hallelujah <laughs> yeah. needs to happen right now because yes, there, there's no way Kobe and I would be where we are without None. using the modalities None. we have. Yeah. Um, None. So, and I think even if you're like, okay, well, I love my therapist. They're helping me make connections, but I do feel stuck. Go find, you know, Cameron, I, I don't talk to Cameron. Like I talk to Amy when I meet with Amy, right? Mm -hmm. It's Cameron's there to help me do specific. I'll, I'll do that too. I'll, I'll like, I have rapport with clients I've had for a long, long time and they don't want to do the EMDR with me. They want to work out one little issue with their relation mm. and I'll say, okay, go to Haley you know, or so-and-so to, to go get some EMDR. Cause that's what you need right now. I can be this other thing for you right now, oh. but you need your trauma work. I like that. Yeah. It's definitely an on-ramp to an ex I mean, that sounds really cliche, but, uh, but an accelerated path of healing. And the truth is, is that Ashlyn and I didn't start on that, um, on the path of doing trauma work for a number of years, probably what, three or three or four years. I think two I think for me into recovery and if we could go back and redo it i would do it simultaneously like as i go yeah. and ashlyn and i now we will make lists um i met with cameron last week and we have this queue of topics that we're going to go through <laughs> which because... sounds like we're just a mess but guys we are yeah. and we're also willing to make some changes <laughs> yes 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 to all of what ashlyn said but the truth is is that the more honest with them the more honest i'm i am with myself like okay i really i really am frustrated that i'm still stuck on this specific issue let's just put it on the list and tackle it like if i really suck at not being clear in stating to ashlyn that I choose her, then we're going to continue to spin. And it's not like that, that my telling Ashlyn is the key to Ashlyn feeling chosen. Ultimately, that's hers that she has to take care of. But guess what? 
I can I can use ART to remove my own obstacles that I have on delivering that message to Ashlyn. Yeah. Because ultimately that's uh, like my job as her partner is to support her. And if I can support her by, by willingly giving those kind of verbal affirmations, then, well, then I'm going to do it, but I have to be willing to. And if I have resistance to that, then that will have an effect. Yeah. It's like the things I was want, I have wanted and the things he's wanted. We go up against a brick wall. Like we don't give each other the things that we're like, please fill this need. And then we're like, Here's a wall. Yeah. So um, we've created those little weird things in our relationship yep. that we're working through. There used um, to be this belief that um, I can't, like I was trained this way. Don't treat the trauma with an addict. Don't, don't treat the trauma for a year, for a year and a half, because they'll just relapse all over the place and they can't handle it and they'll be triggered. And, they'll, and, and, and I do think some stability is important and some, but I think that's BS. I think, you know what, desensitize the roots of the issue. And what do you know, sobriety is going to start to happen. So I, I, Cameron, for me, I go after the trauma quick. Now we hit it hard. We go deep. We, we, we're not afraid of it. So. Yep. I I agree with hundred percent. As soon as they're ready to go to the trauma, I'm a get to the root of the problem kind of a person. Yep. I love it. All right. Um, Cameron, thank you for coming on today and um, for being brave and doing your own. Super thankful. Super thankful. Um, Tell us where people can find you. Um, I have a website, uh, utahtraumacare.com. If you want to learn about ART, it's slash ART. Um, If you're um, wanting more research on ART, um, there's, they have their own website as, as well. um, Acceleratedresolutiontherapy.com. Okay. And we'll put um, his information in our show notes as well. So you can go find him with a click of the button. So um, thanks again for being here. Um, I I enjoyed the conversation with both of you because you both have done the work and you also give to so many people through the work. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Remember that the wounds that you currently have that are keeping you stuck can be healed. They can be um, reprocess. They can be desensitized in a way that gives to you rather than something that keeps you stuck. So thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Cameron, you're the man. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You betcha. Okay, guys, take care. Talk soon.